our heart. You might open our mind. Open heaven on this crowd today. Lord, I pray you'd speak to my mind. and Bring the truth that you won't told to my tongue. And may I deliver it, God, to the hearts of these people. May it be endued with the power from on high. May the voice of God reach our hearts. Lord, may we listen to what you have to say. And when we leave today, we can say it's been good to bend down to the house of God. We've got something. Now, Lord, spread the table today. I pray, Father, you'll fix the menu. Lord, you'll give us the words that we ought to be able to say forth. Give us clarity of speech. Give us, Lord, openness of heart. And Lord, I pray you'll season it with the power of God. We'll give you the glory and the praise for it's in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Revelation chapter number 21. Revelation chapter number 21. I want to read a verse in verse number 27. I pray that God might help you with everything that we say today and it'll help you to such a manner that you'll go out of here changed. Not just excited, but changed. And I mean down in your heart. The Bible said in Revelation 21, 27, there shall in no wise enter into it anything That defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I'm going to preach on the books. I'm not going to reach all the books this morning. But I'm going to talk about maybe three particular books of the Bible. And I want to get you to understand these. God didn't just put that in the Bible. To take up space and to prove to you that He knows more than you do. He didn't give it to me this morning to give it to you to prove that I know more than you do. But God put it in the book and on my heart this morning to show us that we need what's in the book. And we need to know about the book. And we need to know about the books. Several times the word book is mentioned. The word books are mentioned. I'm not going to cover all those. I don't have much time. Although I got enough material. And I'm just going to just get to the part that we need. I want you to turn in your Bible to uh, Revelation chapter, uh, let's see, 21, same place. And uh, we are going to look at this this morning, and I pray that the Lord might give us what we need. Uh, Actually, I want to go to chapter 20 and verse number 15. That's where I want to go. The Bible said in verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in thee, book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What's the difference between the book of life and the Lamb's book of life? You may ask that question. Somebody may have asked you and maybe you've wondered about it. Maybe you never even thought about it. Give it no thought. But I want to talk about some things here. In chapter 20 of, of chapter of Revelation, I want you to read with me please in verse number 12. The Bible said, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books, this is plural, the books were open. That means there's more than one. And it goes on to say, And another book, amen, that's singular, was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books plural, according to their works. Now, we're not going to talk about all that, but I'm going to talk about some of that. 
And I want to share the, you, uh, with, with you some things this morning. Now, and we're going to back up and get another place, one in particular that we're going to talk about. And we're going to see what God says. And I pray that the Lord might have His will. I do know this one thing. I have to give you this so that you won't get confused and you won't get all messed up and you won't have a question about it. But in John chapter 1, one of the most favorite verses of mine is in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And we read that, we find out that the Word is God. And the word we have today is in a book. And the most important book right now in the earth, on the earth, with everybody that I'm preaching today is the book. This book. Now I've been mentioning something this morning that's not this book. But I want to talk about this book for just a moment. This is the most important book of all the world right now. It'll always be important after we're gone. But I'll tell you, it's not going to be a man preached like it is now. There'll be a time when it won't be preached. We'll sit down at the Father's throne and we won't preach the Word of God because it's already been preached but it will remain, He will be there in our presence. Well, matter of fact, we will be there in His presence. Let me just change that. Amen? Are you with me? I hope you're not uh, getting offline. I, I know it sounds confusion. But let's look at something else. I want to give you something that you need to know. I want us to turn in our Bibles to the book Oh, Genesis, I believe that's where we want to go. And Genesis, and we'll look at chapter number one. I want us to go to Genesis chapter number one. Now, you know you can preach in the first book and get to the last book. You can go to the last book and preach the first book. You can preach anywhere between the first book and the last book. I can go to the middle of the book and preach forward. I can go to the middle of the book and preach backward. You understand what I'm saying? It's important, right? Now I want us to go and let's look at this place in the Word of God and I pray that the Lord might stir our souls and give us exactly what we stand in great need of. In chapter number 1 of Genesis in verse number 26, I want to show you something that happened in the fall. And I'm going to show you something in what God's going to do with that fall and what he has already done for that fall. In chapter 1, in verse number 26, the Bible said this, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have, do you see that word dominion? Underline it, circle it, square it off, make them note in the margin of your Bible, that's important. God give Adam dominion. Of this earth. Many have forgotten that. And he said. Them have dominion over the fish. Of the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over the cattle. And over all the earth. And over every creeping thing. That creepeth upon the earth. God said I'll put you in charge of the lion. The bear. The tiger. The giraffe. And everything else. I give you dominion. Man was given dominion of this whole entire earth. In effect, God has given Adam the title deed to the earth. Do you know what a title is? It's always a blessing to pay off a car and they send you a title in the mail and you look at that and say, mm, it's mine. May not be. But as far as the paper says, it's yours. Good to pay off a house and you get that and you suddenly don't owe a dime on it and they give you the title deed. 
uh, you know, you've already got it, and they take the lien off of it, and you say, it's paid for. That's wonderful, ain't it? like to feel good about that, don't you? Well, I want to tell you something. The earth, the title deed, has been given to Adam, and Adam gave it away. Now let me just give you something to think on for a minute, chew on for a few while, for a little while. Have you ever seen this happen in life? A man and a woman uh, come together in marriage. They have maybe two, three children, and one child comes along, and another child comes along, and then the third child comes along. And uh, out of the kindness of the heart, mom and daddy goes ahead, maybe they got 20 or 30 acres of land, and they'll go ahead and give their children a little spot of that land. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. I just think they shouldn't get it till they die. I mean, till the parents die. Amen. So what happens? They get together. The daughter finds a, a Romeo. She marries him. Greatest thing in life for her. They build a house behind mom and daddy. Then uh, 10 years goes by and there comes up a divorce in that family and they sell that property. Amen. And uh, because the parents don't get it back. Guess what? Mom and daddy lives the rest of their life having to put up with a hoodlum or they sell it to somebody that's a crook, or they squander a man and become oh, bad neighbors. That's a bad thing to put on the parents. There's nothing they can do to redeem that property except buy it back if they'll sell it to them and they pay the full price to get it back. That's a shame. Are you with me? Uh, here comes another son, and he they give him the property. He don't do nothing with it. He gets in the, in the drug dealing and everything else, and next thing you know, he sold the property. Another set of thugs living on him. Comes another child. They got their property over there. They build a, a house on it, live there, and everything seems to be all right. And you say, at least that ain't sold out from under me. And you die and you go on to glory. But two of those pieces of property have been given away, sold away, and the title deed is not in your hand. That's exactly what the Lord's got today about you and me. He owned it. He gave it to Adam. Oh, no, he didn't give it to Adam. Oh, yeah, he did. He cast him out of the garden. What do you have left? He put angels as standing there to keep them from coming in so that they wouldn't defile what he had. Yeah. And the devil now ends up holding the title deed to the land. Are you with me this morning? I'm going somewhere in a minute with this. And I pray that you'll understand that. I want you to look with me please to the book of Romans. And we'll see in, in, in effect what we're up against and what we're doing and, and what's going to happen. And I'm going to show you some things out of the Scriptures and I pray that they'll bless you real good. I want us to go to Romans chapter number 7. In Romans chapter number 7, he tells us this. Paul does. He goes to chapter number 7 and verse number 14 and here's what Paul says. Paul says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. What's carnal? Walking out the flesh. That's all. If Paul was carnal, what are you? If flesh bothered Paul, what will the flesh do to you? He said, I am carnal. And then he said, sold under sin. So somebody holds the title deed to you. 
Amen. And they own you. If you're not saved, the devil owns you. If you're not born again, the devil owns you. If you're born again, Christ owns you. He's got the right to direct you how to live. He's got the right to tell you what not to do. And he's got the right to tell you when to do it. And all the other things that you come up with. That means you don't have no control. God said we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. I don't have the right to make any thoughts in my life and how I ought to run my life. God has given us a full Bible today to tell us what to do, what not to do, when we can do it and when we can't do it and what happens if we do what God tells us not to do. Now people don't like that. We're in that, uh, that time. So the most important book for you today is the word of the living God that can point you, number one, to salvation. Because if you're not saved, you're going to make a mess out of your life anyhow. And if you're saved, you're probably going to make a mess out of your life on, because you will not honor and obey God. Ladies and gentlemen, I've done that. Ladies and gentlemen, I do that. Nobody in this building is beyond that. Some may have uh, uh, gotten above some things, but you got problems. Now let me tell you what happened when, when Adam and Eve sinned. The devil was more subtle than any beast of the field. We find that in the book of Genesis. We find he come over and he enticed her with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God told him not to eat it. And even Eve got, went to the far to say not to touch it. God never said not to touch it. He said don't eat of it. Everybody wants to twist the word of God to what we want it to say. But we've got to take it just like it is. We've got to believe it like God has said it. The Bible said in chapter 7 of the book of Romans... For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Then, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. In other words, there's things I do I shouldn't do. There's things I don't do that I should do. I can't have no control of this flesh. I don't want to sin, but I find myself getting in sin. I find myself disobeying God. Everything I can do and all the powers in me, I cannot get myself to contain myself to follow God with all my heart and with all my soul. Now that's what every child of God needs to recognize. You can't run your own life. You can ruin your own life. Most of us know how to do that. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, verse number 18. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul said, For I reckon, the old country boy, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He said in verse 19, For the earnest expectation the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now we are the sons of God. Those who are saved. Verse 20 said, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation, the whole creation, see it? Whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto man. This, listen, the world is, it, it's revolving around and around and brother, it's under a curse. Oh, preacher, our, our nation's not under Every piece of land on the earth is under curse. When Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the earth. It brings forth thorns and thistles. Amen. The bugs eat your garden up. Amen. We go from, from uh, health uh, to bad health. 
We, I'll give you some things about that in just a minute. And it said, and not only they, but ourselves in verse 23 also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. That sometimes can be so far-fetched to people, they don't even know what in the world he's talking about in verse number 23. What's the redemption of the body? Has your body ever been redeemed? Think about it just a minute. Some people would tell you, I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. But there's parts of you that has not been redeemed. I want to talk about it in a minute. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? Now, let's think about when Adam and Eve said, Eve was enticed by Satan. And she eat the fruit. Then she gave it to Adam. And he eat of it. And Adam and Eve lost three things. Three things. Keep this in mind. Don't ever let the devil change your mind from it. Number one, they lost their spiritual life. They died spiritually. Right there. They died spiritually. Didn't it didn't know didn't say that they didn't know the, know God they didn't know God. They'd walked with God. They'd taught with God. What's it mean? It means this: when God come walking down out of the cool of the day or in the cool of the day and said, "Adam, wherefore art thou?" Adam said, "I was naked, and I hid myself." And I, did you think God didn't know where he was to start with? So God proved that I know, and he looked at him and he said, what happened? He didn't say it exactly like that. Have you eat of the fruit of the tree that I told you not to eat? Yep, that's what he done. God knows what he had done. That's why he's hiding himself. The covering was pulled off of him. You understand he sinned against God. And spiritually he died. His spiritual life was not the same anymore. He didn't walk with God in the cool of the day no more. God had to put him some dress and some clothes on him that was approvable. He was, had the glory of God on him before that. Now he sinned against God. And the second thing that happened is he lost not only his spiritual life, but he lost his physical life. He didn't fall over and die right there. God could have took him. But he become a mortal man the day he eat of that fruit. And if you read the fifth chapter of, of I start to say the fifth chapter of Adam, but the fifth chapter of Genesis, you'll find that Adam died. Amen. Now a mortal man to be in hands with God has to become immortal. You can't buy that at the grocery store. You can't pick it up at Walmart on a special deal. You can't even get it sent in by Amazon. You have to be born again. Amen. Which I preach all the time. Thirdly, he not only lost his spiritual life, he lost his physical life, but the third thing is, he lost his dominion to the earth. Ever since then, man's have been running from the rats and the boogers and the bears and the lions and the tigers. Man has to hide. He fears for his life. There was no fear of life before he fell. Is this making sense? So what did he do? He sold himself under sin. Who was there to get it? Actually, the devil. But I'm going to tell you something I think happened right after that. It's not recording the Bible, but I've read the Bible enough to know that he's that way. The Bible says, and this goes right along with our Job book. Uh, the devil, the Bible teaches us that he is the accuser of the brethren. I can, I just kind of think it. the devil run over to the Lord. He was in there. Run over and said, see, 
Look what, you, what they done. Did you see they eat that fruit? You told them not to eat that fruit. Guess what they done? They eat that fruit. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he said don't do that. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. You go to work. You work a little while. You get off in the evening. You come home. Can't hardly wait to get home. Get your supper set down. Amen. Kind of relax a little bit. And just as soon as you come in the door, the wife says, uh, did you know uh, the roof's are leaking? Did you know today that one of the sick, the kids are sick and they're going to have to go to the doctor tomorrow? Amen. And did you know my old car won't run good? What are you going to do about that? The devil done been to the Lord and he's done falsely accused you. Just to get you all upset and in a tizzy. Amen. Fellas, when you get in a tizzy, the devil's been around somewhere. Ladies, when you get in a tizzy, now don't ask me now what's a tizzy. Surely by now, if you've been married any length of time, you know what a tizzy is. Amen. Are you with me? So what happened? God cast them out. And here's what, what's happening. What they've done is when we get saved, our spirit and our soul is what's been redeemed. There's a part of me that is saved as it will ever be. I'm saved for time and eternity. That is my spirit and my soul. You can't see my spirit nor my soul, but you can see my body. You can hear my tongue speak, but you can't shake hands with my spirit. But when we're saved, what happens is God redeems our spirit and our soul. And when we die, our spirit and our soul goes back to God from whence it came. And our body goes back to the ground from whence it come because it's nothing but a hunk of dirt. And it rots and decays and goes back to the ground. Our bodies have not been redeemed this morning. I got the same flesh. That's why I have the same problems. I've got the same uh, encounters with, with the world that I've ever had. I've got the same desires that I used to have when I wasn't saved. I still got the same wants. I still got the same weaknesses. The only thing that I can do is commit my body to the Lord and pray the Holy Spirit direct my body that I won't get in sin. But the body has to be redeemed. It will be redeemed. You say, when's it going to be redeemed? It's not going to be redeemed until after the rapture of the church or at the rapture of the church. Amen. When we're raptured, all the saints are going to raise from the dead. You see, it's always important. The second coming's always got to be preached. I, I, I can't understand why I didn't preach it about every service I preached down through the years. We've got a bunch of people now don't even know they're going anywhere. You can't get them to live right because they ain't got nothing to face when they get out of here. They think we're all so good. We, we done packed in here so good and every one of us have got so holy and glorious now that God's going to welcome us right in and say, come right on in. Have yourself a spell. And we don't study uh, the judgment seat of Christ and we don't study the judgments of God on the earth. And I'm not talking about the tribulation. I'm talking about right now in the day of grace. You with me? This is an important sermon. This is a very important message. Now, what's going to happen? God's going to give us a new body at the rapture. And we'll have a body like under the Son of God. And that won't happen, amen, until the church is raptured out of here and our body is taken out. And then, for everything to be right, the earth has got to be cleansed. And the earth has got to be redeemed. This earth has never been redeemed. Oh, wonderful Clarksville we live in. Glorious America. Glorious China. All that stuff. They're lost. The world knows not God. He can't know God till it's redeemed. And I want to tell you, 
The devil holds the title deed to the earth. Now I want to turn to a scripture this morning and just see what you know of it. I've done left out about half of it. But you don't want to stay here long enough for me to get it all. I know you don't. Matter of fact, neither do I because I can't handle it. I got too many notes, too much in here. And I'm looking forward to preaching tonight, which is going to be the same way, not the same message, but the same way. I want you to take your Bible and go to the Revelation chapter number five. We're going to look at another book in chapter five of the book of Revelation. It's a book you've heard all your life, but I doubt that you know too much about it. How many knows what exactly is the seven seal book? I mean, you wave, wave your hand tonight, this morning and say, I know what that seven seal book is. I'll ask it this way. How many has heard of the seven seal book? All right. I figured I'd get some response on that. But what is it? It's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good knowledgeable book if you'll study it just for a minute. It's an important book. Now we said the book, the Bible, is appropriate for our day today because that's what I'm to be led by, you're to be led by and taught by and everything. But now we get into the fourth chapter, we find the church has been called up in the rapture. I don't have no problem with that. Somebody say, you can't prove that to me. I've tried to prove it for 35, 40 years, well, 50 years to everybody, and I've got two or three that's agreed with me. I've got more than that, I'm sure, but I'm telling you, it seems like it's just two or three of all the people that's argued with me about it. Amen. They're always coming up with questions. You know, you don't question something. You don't question something that you know. Amen. Sometimes I, I get disturbed because when people want to come up and tell me something, they want to come up and they want to add about four or five more things to it. That makes me feel better than somebody comes and said, I don't believe what you said. Because I believe somebody must have been studying. Can you add to what I'm preaching this morning? Sure you can. If you'll study your Bible, because I ain't preaching it all. I just told you that a while ago. I skip a lot. There's a lot of things I think I take for granted that you know and you don't know it. But I don't know that you don't know it. And so I'm a three or four chapters ahead of you. Then I realize that you're behind and I got to back up. That's the way it's going to be anywhere. Now, if I'd been here, you've been with me for 50 years and you've heard every sermon I've ever preached, I believe you'd probably know about as much as I know. And more because you would have put some of the stuff I have preached to you while I'm studying something else, you're still on that subject. All right, let me keep quit running a rabbit and get to the message. In chapter 5... I want to read it. Part of it, it said, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne. Who's that? No, God. Yahweh. God's on the throne. I'll show you why in a minute. On the throne, a book written within and on the backside, sealed with the seven seals. Let's look at that book for just a minute. What it is, it's got, it's a, like a manuscript, like a scroll. In those days, they didn't have a book like this. They had manuscripts and scrolls. So something's wrote, and then there's a seal put on that. And then it's wrote again, and it's rolled up. And a seal put on that, and it's rolled again. And it's put a seal on that and it's rolled again till the end there, there are seven seals on this one scroll. And it's written so that, the, that the, those seven seals are going from one down to seven and the first one is on top. I've seen scrolls that they said and they'd have it there and it had seven seals stuck down like a stamp, you know. 
Well, then you've got to open them all to open up one. But they open one at a time. That's, that's irrelevant. And if I confuse you with that, I'm sorry. Just go study it. Look up scrolls. That's not what I'm trying to get you to do is see how the scrolls made. I just want to kind of tell you how it happened. So what it's got, it's got in verse number one, in verse number two, that word a book. Do you see that in there? It says a book. Now in verse number two, it says, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open a book. Ain't what it says now, is it? The book. And to loose the seals thereof. The A book right now is not important to many. It's just a book. It's just like the Word of God is just a book to multiply millions of people upon the earth. They don't care what the Bible says. It's just a book. And it's not even very important because they have rewritten it so many times that it's their book. You with me? But in verse 2, it said, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? All right, that's the book. In verse 3, it said, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book. Now we've got three verses and we've got the word book mentioned three times. Sounds like it's a pretty good important book. Neither to look thereof. Verse four, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book. You see that? All right. That's four verses. And the word book is mentioned four times. Verse 5, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. Now that brings attention to my mind before he even tells who it is. I already know that Jesus was of the line of the tribe of Judah. And he's called the root of David. Hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So he, I find in verse number five, is the prevailing lamb. In verse number six, it said, And I behold, or beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. We're not getting all those details. We'll be here too long. But I can tell you this morning, that's the first verse that you found out of this chapter that don't have book in it. Verse 7, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Who took it? Jesus took the book out of the hand of the Father. Now who has the right to redeem the earth? The one that took the book out of the hand of the Father. Matter of fact, he's going to finish the job, or at least here, he's going to finish the job of the one thing that yet is left, and that is to redeem the earth. You said, can he redeem the earth? Sure he can. You mean to tell me that God's got to take a while to get it redeemed? Why come he can't redeem it today? There are some things that's got to happen before it's redeemed. It's not he's not able. It is this morning that there's some things that has got to happen and God don't get ahead of himself. And when he had taken the book, verse 8, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, which is the Old Testament saints and New Testament saints, fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Amen. Verse 9, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book 
and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. I wish I had about another hour, but I I don't. Listen, out of nine verses, the word book is mentioned eight times. Important book, I'd say. Do you know what the book is? Well, I'll tell you what they are. Look at chapter 6, verse number 1. This is the process that God is going to use to redeem the earth. To get rid of the worms and the flies and the thorns and the rottenness and the vileness and the corruption of this earth. I'm going to give you a condensed part of it. And I saw in verse 1, chapter 6, when the Lamb opened one of the seals, when He opens that seal, this is the first seal. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse. The first seal is the white horse. You've heard me preach on it so much. I guess you're like others have said, oh no, going to have to hear a sermon on the horses again. This is God's manner of cleaning up the earth. God's not going to put his Jewish people, we don't have a promise to the earth, by the way. We are a heavenly people with a heavenly promise. I'm looking forward to the new Jerusalem, but God is not even going to put the Jew on an unholy, unhealthy earth. I can prove it to you. I'm turning Isaiah, I can go over when the crops start growing and ain't never seen uh, crops grow like that. And the animals, the bear and the lion begin to walk together and a child can play on a snake's den. You said you believe that. Why, that's that's way I, let me tell you, I, I know God. I believe His book. All right, I'm going to tell you what happened. Now, I'm going to give you this to go home and this is your written homework and hope you don't get a nap off of it. When you go home today, Look and see what the first seal is. Write it down. The second seal, write it down. Third seal, write it down. Fourth seal, write it down. Fifth seal, write it down. Seventh seal. All right, let's go over to chapter 8. I'm going to show you what this book is. Actually, if you want the truth, this seven seal book is the title deed to the earth. God's telling you what He's going to do to clean it. The tribulation is going to straighten out the earth. That's why we've got to have it. Or they have. Things He's going to do during the tribulation. He's going to straighten out the earth. All right, when you get to chapter number 8, and when He had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half hour. I told people all these years that had to be no women in heaven because... There wouldn't be no silence for, thir- for a space of uh, 30 minutes if there's any women in heaven. But I was, I was just cutting up. Silence. It's so awesome when they open that seventh seal. Then we're going down. He says in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And then they start reading, going through them, and the seven su- trumpets sound. So after you get to the seventh seal, Go right down and put number eight down. And eight is, well, we don't have to put eight, but put down another number under it, seven uh, trumpets. And put down the first trumpet and name what it is. Go read the number two trumpet. Write it down under that. Write down the third trumpet, the fourth trumpet, the fifth trumpet, the sixth trumpet, and the seventh trumpet. And when you get to the seventh trumpet, you're going to find out that the seventh trumpet is going to open up the seven vials. 
So under the seventh trumpet, you write down below it seven vials. And then you open the first vial, the second vial, the third vial, the fourth vial, the fifth vial, the sixth vial, and the seventh vial. And that'll carry you up to chapter 19 of the book of Revelation and you'll find the Lord Jesus Christ coming back to this earth. That seven sealed book is the title deed to this earth that the devil's in charge of right now and he's going to be destroyed. Read on up to the 19th chapter and you'll find that out. Armageddon's coming. Going to feed them all. Who's he going to feed at Armageddon? He's going to feed the rich men, the poor men, uh, the high men, the low men, uh, this man, that man, everybody that has refused the Lord. He's going to call the vultures and the birds and they're going to come out and feast. And they're going to die and go to a devil's hell. But God ain't going to do that. You're not reading the same Bible I'm reading. At least you're not expecting it to come out that way. I believe what God says. Now a lot of people don't know what I've just preached. They don't accept it. You've got to get a look at this thing, ladies and gentlemen. Quit listening to that bunch that's out there on the internet that's telling you this and telling you that and won't dissect the Word of God and rightly divide it and tell it to you. If you knock holes in what I preached this morning, help yourself, but don't worry me with it. Amen. If you want to listen to the Word of God, take it and believe it. And if you've got a better answer to it, just believe it and enjoy it. You're not going to shake me. I done been in this thing too long. Brother, I'm not going to let them deceive me. I've listened to them. Matter of fact, somebody sent me uh, one uh, off from another state, said, sent me this and said, listen, listen to this. And I looked and seen who it was and I didn't even open it. You know why? I know what kind of belief they've got. I know what they've done said before. And I know it's contrary to the Word of God. That's right. Yeah. And then it'll be wasting my time with something I know is wrong. I hear enough that I'm not sure of that wastes my time. So if I know it's going to waste it, I'm going to leave it alone. Now, what's going to happen? God's going to redeem the earth. Then he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. And that goes on past the 19th chapter. And he's going to have those Jews settle in for a thousand years and they're going to grow crops. Amen. Let me see if I can find the scripture I want to give you. I think it's Isaiah 11. See if I can find it. Turn. I'm going to give you this and I'm going to quit. You said, I hope. Well, amen. If I don't, at least I'm going to give you something. Amen. I don't believe this morning I've been up here rattling. I don't believe this morning I haven't given you, I might not give you what you want, but all right. Can let's go to the 11th chapter of Isaiah. And the Bible, and, and of course, I've talked about Daniel's 70 weeks. And one of the things is God's going to get one of the things he's going to do in tribulation is he's going to put righteousness in the earth. Now let's look and see what he says in chapter number 11, verse number 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with an equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. That's what I just talked about. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. In verse number 6, he says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Can that happen now? And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. That's not talking about a child. It's talking about uh, the lambs. And the, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall, shall lead them. You see that? Can you imagine if four or five-year-old boy or girl or two-year-old boy or girl just a twist in the head of a little 
little old line or big line, and and they put their arm around it, and that line just hugs up to them and purrs like a kitten. Ah, that ain't never gonna happen. Well, I ain't reading out the rowboat catalog. And verse seven said, "And the cow and the bear shall feed." Does that happen? Their young ones shall lie down together. Can you imagine two cubs of a bear running with, <laughs> amen, a little calf? And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. That don't happen either. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of an asp, snake's den. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. This is these wild animals. Imagine sitting on the back of an alligator. You wouldn't allow that today, would you? And it said, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Have you ever seen that in the world? Have you ever seen that on the earth? You know why? Because the devil owns the title deed. But he's going to be put down. And God here holds the title deed. Now, you said, he made it, he can take it back. No, he can't. I got your attention, didn't he? God can do anything, preacher. Yeah, he can. But he is not a thief. He will not steal what don't belong to him. And right now, the title deed belongs to the devil. And he's going to get it back. He's going to purchase it back. Now, do you hear what I started with in the message? You kids lose your property. Only way you can get it back is to buy it back. That's what Christ does. Hallelujah. Ain't we happy? Ain't we informed? Don't you know that about your Savior now? Thank God. What a Savior. Heads bowed. Amen. We'll get an inst instrument. Have a song. Amen. And I'll go home and we've read all that I didn't tell you. Hope God gives me another opportunity to tell you.